The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlings.com. Welcome back to Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Before we get started today, I wanted to remind you how you can leave your questions for the show this entire offseason and every day here at Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Call into our voicemail line at 716-508-0405, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You can leave us uh, tweets at rumblings Q and A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email is buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can leave us Facebook messages, Instagram messages, lots of ways to get in touch with the show. As always, this show is really boring if I don't get questions from you guys to answer uh, to see kind of where you're at heading into the offseason, whether it's about the 2020 NFL draft, free agency, the current roster, contracts, whatever it happens to be. So make sure you get your questions in for next week. This week we've got questions on free agency and a bunch of other stuff. So stick around. There's a lot of team building philosophy going around right now amongst Bills fans. And the biggest question I'm getting a lot this week is, can we just re-sign everybody and upgrade at a few spots with our huge amount of cap space? And the answer to that is really no. Uh, the The way that the, the CBA is set up, the Buffalo Bills have a certain amount of cap space and they can roll that over if they don't use it. And so a lot of folks just think that the Bills have this you know, huge glut of cap space. But with contracts like Tredavious White coming up, Matt Milano coming up, uh, eventually, hopefully, Josh Allen uh, and, and a lot of players coming down the pike, the Bills really need to keep rolling over that unused cap space so that they can use it on some of those bigger contracts when the time comes. So spending $5 million here or $6 million here, on a guy that we might consider a backup is going to hurt you long term because of that cap rollover. Now, I do need to mention that if the CBA does expire, there's hasn't really been conversations about what would happen with that unused contract space, and the the CBA is set to expire in the next uh, couple of years here. So there there could be that that kind of wrinkle in there. But in the long term team building aspect, they 
even giving away a $6 million contract right now to a guy that might sit on your bench is really going to hurt you long-term re-signing your young guys to their longer-term deals. So it's just not good business strategy to sign a guy for 2020 because I don't think that 2020 is the year that they're going to you know, win their Super Bowl or, or open their Super Bowl window. So it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to just re-sign everybody that's a free agent this year. And just be like, yeah, Jordan Phillips, I like him. Re-sign him. Shaq Lawson, I like him. Re-sign him. Quentin Spain, I like him. Re-sign him. Kevin Johnson, I like him. Re-sign him. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do that based on how they finished this year. They need to improve over those guys if they're going to get better. It's not like we can just rely on Josh Allen getting better and then the whole thing's going to work itself out. You need to let your young guys, like Ed Oliver, a former first-round pick, a top-ten pick, uh, be able to play as well. So if you're going to have him on the field, Jordan Phillips becomes less valuable. Um, as the Bills churn, continue to churn their roster with draft picks and, uh, and possibly some cheaper free agents, they have the option of staying the same talent level but getting cheaper. And you have to make that decision, like what positions are you willing to spend money on and what positions aren't you willing to spend money on last year the Bills spent a lot of money on the offensive line prioritizing it for josh allen's development they neglected other positions because of that if you look at their cornerback position they're really not spending a lot on that even though they're getting great play from tredavious white uh, kevin johnson and levi wallace in the grand scheme of things because White is on that rookie deal. So when you give Trey White his big, massive extension, making him probably the highest-paid cornerback in the league, that's going to completely change the dynamic of that cornerback room financially. So you have to be able to adjust somewhere else on the roster and make it cheaper somewhere else on the roster. So it's kind of a long-term uh, look at this. Um, I try to not look at, you know, one game at a time or even one year at a time and overreact. You have to look longer term when you're making plans like this, just like you would in your budget at home probably. You don't just always look at, you know, today I have $10 so I can spend $10. You you save money over the course of time so that you can save up and buy bigger ticket items. And that's all that we're talking about here. So it's a really a team building philosophy that you can't re-sign all of your guys all the time, especially when you go, you know, one and done in the playoffs and don't really don't even win your division so uh it's it's the question i'm getting a lot right now is why can't they just sign all of their free agents and really it's it comes down to that long-term philosophy and thinking beyond 2020 let's get to your questions now and shift gears to twitter we go where jamie taft asks us at rumblings q and a did you see that michael thomas catch over Trey White in the Pro Bowl. That's the type of wide receiver one we need desperately. I did see that catch. Uh, it was all over my Twitter feed. Some people were, of course, complaining that Tredavious White didn't make the play, and that's why we shouldn't make him the highest paid cornerback in the league. But dude, it's the Pro Bowl. Um, you know, how much are these guys actually trying? Plus, you're talking about one of the top wide receivers in the league and one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Trey White was in perfect position on that play. Uh, I just, I, I don't think he could have played it a whole lot better. I mean, he could have probably tried harder and jumped higher, but it's the Pro Bowl, so that doesn't really surprise me either. Um, I, I understand your your question um, about the, the wide receiver one, that guy that can go up over the top of a cornerback and get a ball. We haven't had that in a long time in Buffalo. Uh, for a long time, even on this show, I mentioned that I didn't think Josh Allen threw that kind of pass. 
Uh, he didn't throw a whole lot of contested catch balls. Um, but then when we saw Duke Williams in you know, the wild card game, or even in um, in some of the other games that he was in, Josh Allen did throw a couple of those passes. He threw them to John Brown on the uh, Sunday night football game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's he's thrown a few more contested balls as the season wore on. So maybe he's starting to trust guys a little bit to be able to go up and get those passes. And so if the Bills do get you know, a nice wide receiver, one that can do those types of things, then maybe we'll start to see Josh Allen throw that a little bit more as he trusts those receivers to go up and get the pass a little bit more and not lead to the interception. So, I mean, I, I would love to have a guy like that. I don't think there's too many of them in the league. Uh, there are a couple that could develop into that in this year's draft. And as we get into the draft talk, I'm sure we'll be talking about them. I don't think that there is a big wide receiver like that in free agency this year. The guy that I keep thinking about is Amari Cooper, and he is a route runner. He's a lot like um, the, the the guys the Bills already have on their roster. They use uh, route running to create separation, not their you know, physical body, their space. So uh, that's kind of where I'm leaning, is if the Bills are going to get that type of wide receiver, they're going to have to do it in the draft. And I'm sure that we'll be talking more about that as the draft comes around. Um, I know on Mock Draft Monday this week, uh, Anthony Marino put together uh, kind of a list of all the Bills uh, mock drafts or, or who the Bills were picking in all the mock drafts. And a lot of them had them taking that type of big-bodied wide receiver you're talking about, physical guys that can go up and get get the ball over and around opposing cornerbacks. So thanks for your question. Uh, you can go check out all that stuff at Buffalo Rumblings, and I'll put some links in the show notes to the Mock Draft Monday and uh, that video that Jamie was talking about of Tredavious White being beaten in the Pro Bowl over the top. Before we get to our next question, I wanted to point you to a few things over at buffalorumblings.com that we've been running this offseason. So far this offseason, we've been running uh, featured days on each of the Bills' big free agents. We did days on Quentin Spain in the left guard position, Frank Gore in the running back position, or the running back two position behind Devin Singletary. I guess I should be more specific. We've run uh, entire days on Shaq Lawson and the defensive end position, uh, Jordan Phillips and the defensive tackle position, specifically the three-tech position. We've run entire days on cornerback with Kevin Johnson and Levi Wallace, like what's going to happen at that cornerback two spot. For each of those guys, we talked about their 2019 play by looking at the All-22. We gave contract projections for re-signing each of those free agents. What would that look like? We talked about in-house replacement options, like if the Bills just stayed put and, and used the guys that are already on their roster, what would it look like? We talked about free agent options, looked at different players in different tiers of the 2020 NFL Draft. There's usually an opinion piece from me or uh, Bruce Exclusive or somebody else uh, talking about why we should or shouldn't re-sign that guy. And then we left it up to the fans to vote. And the voting has been very interesting because of what I talked about earlier in the podcast about folks wanting to kind of re-sign everybody. Everybody except Gore, I guess I should say. You can't just re-sign everybody. But uh, a lot of Bills fans are in that camp because they they like this team. They like the guys that are on the team. So they want to keep them around and, and see how that goes. So make sure you go check all that stuff out to see how we plan on filling the holes that those Bills free agents are going to be creating by leaving. We're also going to be starting our new conversation about potential veteran cuts uh, and maybe upgrading at those positions as we head into February and uh, NFL draft time, and then, of course, the 
free agency, which opens in March uh, with the combine and all that stuff in February. I'm sure we'll be talking about NFL draft prospects at that time. In addition to all that, we've been running our State of the Buffalo Bills roster series. We've been doing that for several years now. We do it at the beginning of the offseason, then at the end of the offseason, as well as we get into training camp. And uh, it's just a great look at each position group on the roster as to see like who's under contract, who uh, is aging out, what everybody costs, and, and what they're contributing to the position. So all that stuff is being put together by Sean Murphy over on the website. You should check that out as well with lots of great information to keep you up to date. We have just a few more position groups of that to come over the course of the next week or so. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Back to Twitter, where Scott Fletcher asks us, do you see the Bills taking a step back in 2020 due to their brutal schedule, including both the Super Bowl teams from this year? Let's start by recapping who the Bills will be playing in 2020. They start with, of course, the home and home against all the teams in the AFC East. Uh, There's a bigger question mark than normal with the New England Patriots right now as Tom Brady is an unrestricted free agent. uh, And we're not sure yet if he's going to re-sign with the New England Patriots. So they'll be playing in New England uh, against the Jets and against the Dolphins and then host all of those teams as well. Then the entire AFC East will play the AFC West. Uh, Buffalo hosts the Chiefs, who are playing in the Super Bowl this weekend, and the Los Angeles Chargers, who will be coming across the country to play Buffalo. Then they're going to be traveling to Las Vegas to play the Raiders in their new building, and the Denver Broncos, who surged kind of at the end of 2019 with their new quarterback, Drew Locke. Um, The also will be playing the NFC West, so they'll be traveling out to San Francisco to play the 49ers, who are in the Super Bowl this weekend, and the Arizona Cardinals, in addition to hosting the Seattle Seahawks and Los Angeles Rams, two more teams coming all the way across the country. That's two more teams that were in the playoffs this year, with the San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks both making the postseason out of the NFC. Buffalo hosts another team that was close to the postseason. Uh, That would be the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were the second-place team in the AFC North. And they'll, of course, have Big Ben Roethlisberger back on their roster, presumably. In addition to that, the Bills are going to be traveling to Nashville to take on the Titans. And what seems like not such a hard game a few weeks ago turned into something that might be pretty difficult. Uh, It depends on what the Titans are going to be able to do with Ryan Tannehill, uh, their free agent quarterback who really led them on a great run in the second half of the season and into the postseason all the way to the AFC Championship game. Are they going to be able to re-sign him? And if they do, is he going to be able to sustain the level of success that he had in 2019? Uh, So that's going to be a very interesting uh, game for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they do have a pretty difficult schedule, but the only two games that aren't shared with the rest of the AFC East are the Pittsburgh Steelers game and the Tennessee Titans game. I think the Bills' plan is to win the division in 2020. So I don't think that their schedule is going to matter a whole lot because really it's going to be about what the rest of the AFC East teams do against those same NFC West teams and those same AFC West teams. It's hard to imagine a second playoff team coming out of the AFC East in 2020 just because of the level of difficulty of the schedule that you mentioned. So if the Bills are going to make the playoffs, it's going to be as AFC East division winner. That hasn't really happened in a long, long time. 
Jim Kelly was the quarterback of the last Bills division winner back in 1995. Buffalo hasn't won the division since then. The Patriots have had either have had a share of the AFC East division crown. I think every year since 2001 or something like that. It's it's just been an unbelievable streak for the New England Patriots. Uh, they haven't won the division all those years because of tiebreakers, but they've had the best record in the division all of those years. So it's been just a remarkable journey for the Patriots. Uh, but this is the time. This is the time for the Bills to step up and take over the AFC East. So I think if they're going to make the playoffs, that's how they're going to do it. Um, thanks for your question over on Twitter. At Rumlings Q and A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Michael Patchen asks us on Twitter, given what Brandon Bean says about drafting players who have a chance to make the roster, should the Bills bundle the late round picks with one of the top ones to move up in day one or day two? It's a great question and something I do a lot when I'm doing my Madden franchises. I try to trade up from those bottom round picks to get better quality players. But I think for Brandon Bean, uh, he's going to be packaging some of those uh, fifth and sixth round picks to try and move up into the middle rounds of the draft for sure. They have two fifth-round picks and three sixth-round picks, and I think they're going to use those to kind of move around the board in the third, fourth, and fifth round. They're going to try to move up, kind of like what they did with Dawson Knox last year where they packaged fourth-round picks to move back up into the third round. They're going to see somebody falling into the third, bottom end of the third or or into the fourth round and use those fifth-round picks to kind of move up. And they could also use them to sweeten the pot, say, in the fourth round to leap ahead of another team from the bottom of the fourth round up to the top of the fourth round or something along those lines. They don't have a seventh-round pick, just for the record. That was traded for Corey Coleman last year. So the Bills do have some flexibility in the bottom half of the the draft, and I think they're going to use it um, because Brandon Bean has shown the propensity to do that. He's shown that he likes to move up when he sees a player falling that he likes. Uh, he doesn't tend to wait for them to come to him. Um, in, in the middle rounds, he, he did that last year with Austin Knox. He did it with Cody Ford. Uh, he's done it with Tremaine Edmonds. He's just done it. Uh, the Bills have also shown an ability to draft and get good value out of those fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks. So it wouldn't surprise me to, to have him hold on to those and use them for some depth and to kind of re restock the roster with some younger players, whether it's for special teams or depth on defense or depth on offense, um, you know, getting another linebacker. They have a bunch of linebackers that are in that special teams range um, right now that are free agents heading into the offseason so they can reload at that, those positions, those depth positions that they might need. Thanks for that question, Michael. Our last question of the day is from Stephen Marshall, who sent this into the general Twitter account at Buff Rumlings. Will Robert Foster get any workload in 2020? His snap count fell off a cliff in 2019. In 2019, Robert Foster played 20% of the Buffalo Bills offensive snaps and 38% of the Buffalo Bills special team snaps. Compare that with 2018, where Foster played 42% of the Bills offensive snaps and just 10% of the special team snaps. And you can see that his role on offense was certainly diminishing while his role on special teams was increasing. I think that's where he's going to make the roster if he makes the roster in 2020 is as a special teamer who can come in and contribute a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. But they already have Andre Roberts in that special teams wide receiver role. So if it comes down to that at roster cutdown time, he might not make the roster. But I do think that they're going to want to keep him as that kind of special teams player that can also stretch the field a little bit on offense. Even if they bring in that big bodied wide receiver, he's got the that they feed that they like to have on the outside 
I don't think he's in their long-term offensive plans. If he was, they wouldn't have gone out and signed John Brown and Cole Beasley. They wouldn't have kept him on the bench as the season went on. They just would have found a role for him, almost like they did with Isaiah McKenzie. They found a way to make Isaiah McKenzie part of the offense. Now, they're very different players, but Brian Dable went out of his way to include Isaiah McKenzie in the offense and game plan and scheme exactly for Isaiah McKenzie, and he did not do that with Robert Foster. So I don't think that Robert Foster is part of their long-term plans on offense. He had four targets in the season finale against the New York Jets where he started the game because the Bills were resting their regular starters and had zero catches. He had one target against the Patriots the week before and zero catches. Zero targets against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Four targets, no catches against the Ravens. He had one catch on Thanksgiving, one catch against the the Broncos, one catch against the Browns. He only had three catches in 2019, and it wasn't even really for lack of trying. They targeted him on 18 passes, and he only caught three of them. So one out of every six passes thrown his way is a completion. Now, a lot of those are long passes, so they have a low probability of being completed. I get that, but that's just dismal. They did give him two rushing attempts in November, uh, and so if that's going to become part of his game, maybe they can do that. If he can start doing some of the jet sweep action instead of Isaiah McKenzie, maybe he can get on the field a little bit more. I don't see that, especially with them adding another wide receiver in the draft or in free agency this year. Thanks for your question over at Buff Rumlings on Twitter. You can get us at Rumlings Q&A on Twitter. That's going to do it for this week's episode. The next time you'll hear from us will be after the Super Bowl. So get your big off-season questions in now. We've got lots of draft talk coming up. We'll continue talking more about the free agents and possible uh, veteran cuts that are coming to the Buffalo Bills this off-season. We'll get to uh, positions of need and contracts and lots of other stuff. 716-508-0405 is our voicemail line. You can call that 24 hours a day. Tweet us at Rumblings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle. Buffalo Rumblings at SBNation.com is the email. Check us out on the other socials too. Go Bills.